And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on? Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to win, man, because, you know, all I do is win, win, win. Winning. <laughs> Hashtag winning. Yeah. Am I Charlie Sheen for this episode? I was going to say, yeah, I don't know if that is actually the winning culture that we're trying to create really <laughs> anywhere. I'm not sure that is a winning culture, but you know, Matt, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're here at part 41 of 52 of how to start a tech company with Matt and Matt. And today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And we have a winning culture. We like to create a winning culture. And I think that creating a winning culture and saying that is also a buzzword and a buzz phrase that everyone loves to say and most people don't really do. Well, and there's no magic like silver bullet of how to do it either, right? It's not like you do right. these three things. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of an organic thing that just happens. Yeah, and it, so I've been recording uh, reaction videos, and some some of us, uh, some of the other hosts have as well for episodes. You can go over to the YouTube channel and and uh, check some of those out as they are beginning to publish these days. But I was just recording one before I hit record here, and I was saying that. Uh, creating a winning culture is a moving target because uh, it changes as your company changes. The bigger it gets, the harder it can be. Uh, just there's a lot of factors that go into it. And, you know, I think that um, when you talk about culture, that's defined as the values, mindsets and behaviors that constitute an environment conducive to success. Or That's a winning culture. So, I mean, you can have a great idea and you can have a shitload of funding and you can have a terrible culture. Yeah. And it, and it can be as simple as hating your boss or not liking the CEO or just all sorts of stuff, right? Like it, it's, it, it's a wide array of things. I mean, imagine working at some of these companies today that are gotten hyper political, even internally, right? Like oh, yeah. everything, everything is sorts of great, a, a toxic, like us versus them mentality within larger corporations, which sounds like a terrible culture these days in some of these places. I mean, you can pick up the Wall Street Journal on any day of the week, pretty much in the history of that publication and find some article about something that's imploding. And, you know, you look at uh, like just this week, there was Activision, the video game company who had like all these like crazy cultural problems that were, uh, you know, sexual harassment and just like all kinds of stuff. And it was like they were ignoring it. And then all of a sudden they have like a thousand employees that have signed a petition that say they want the CEO out. 
that's yeah. not a winning culture. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's what you're trying to avoid people. So, but all right. So Matt, just like so many things in the series and so many things we've talked about and, you know, we're coming up on the fourth birthday of startup hustle, by the way, um, you know, over the last four years, so much, so many things are easy to say and they're very difficult to do. I mean, this is, this is definitely in that category of easy to say, difficult to actually execute. So where do you start? I mean, I, you can start Ooh. from the, obviously, I think the, 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 I think the culture of a company is, it has the imprinted DNA fingerprint and footprint of the founder or ers. And that's where it kind of starts. But what happens after that? Yeah, I mean, it absolutely comes down from the top leadership, which usually is the CEO, but it can be the whole man, you know, it's the whole management team, right? Um, I'd be honest, I haven't been like the biggest cheerleader of like culture stuff. I've been the guy that's just like, I'm just trying to get some work done. If you all want to go create a good culture and do these things, then I'll let the rest of the management team like try and do some of those. Um, I've been just the guy that like, I just want to get some work done. Leave me alone. But, um, so sometimes it's, it's going to be more of the management team. Right. But a lot of times it definitely starts from the leadership perspective and my lack of care of the culture may therefore impact the culture because I don't focus on it. Right. So. Yeah. And that, I mean, that, that can be tough. Uh, <laughs> At the same time, you know, I think that it's kind of funny if you watch shows like Silicon Valley or uh, I think the the whole uh, uh, the culture thing. And I said this in my reaction video as well. It's not about like, hey, can we have should we add a bowling alley to the office? It's not about another air hockey table or a keg of beer. I mean, some of that stuff can be helpful when creating, you know, getting people to bond with each other or do some stuff like that. But I mean, I don't think that's what it's about. I mean, one of the things you've always said to the, over the years is people want to know whether or not you're winning. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, that a lot of the winning culture starts with the transparency coming down from the top, meaning like the successor, like, are we winning? Are we losing? What And what needs to occur to win? Um, I For me, when I think about a winning culture, I think about a group of people that are interested in each other's success. And I think that that, I think that that stacks on top of itself and, you know, affects the company. I, the, I've been in some companies where it was so, you know, back when I, a long, long time ago, um, where everything was set up. So it was just like individual achievement and it was like, yeah, I'm glad you did great. I didn't. And I don't give a shit. And that's not a great place to work. You know, you want to like, they're like, it, it, and another place I, and I won't name a uh, huge company, but they had a, it was like, they had two major divisions and those divisions were almost at war with each other. Yeah. They didn't care about the success of the other side of the building. And I'm like, it's the same company, you know, like you shouldn't have this division. And, and, and with that, they had to create a bunch of redundant type of roles and stuff like that to almost, they had basically had two companies under one roof and, well, and to me, that, that feels expensive. like a lot of it feels like a lot of stories you hear about people who work in unions, right? Like a lot of times, the union workers are mm. a different class than the main corporation, right? Like if you're a Ford employee and you manage your manager at Ford and you deal with a bunch of union employees, like it it becomes an us versus them thing very quickly. And um, that I think that's one of the unfortunate sides of unions when not everybody's part of the union. Well, and then some of that also the you and I'm I'm not 
you know, one way or the other on unions. I haven't really been excited. I don't know enough about them, but some of the things that you'll see at least hyped or shown are sometimes along the lines of like, I can't, I, I can't or won't do that. That's not part, that's not my job. Yeah. I don't like that. Cause I think, I mean, it's all our job. I mean, that's, I don't know, man, I, you'll find me empty in trash cans or well, whatever. I- and I yeah. think back to your your last point there a minute ago was a lot of times it comes down, I think, to the management team and how the management team gets along. Because, you know, if all my manager does is bitch and complain about one of the other managers or the CEO or whatever, like that becomes very toxic. And if the managers don't work well together, don't respect each other um, and, you know, all, all that stuff, uh just creates a toxic environment and then it permeates to all the other employees, right? Cause they all, everybody notices it and people talk about it. And, you know, I've, I've worked in organizations where, for example, the leader of sales was always selling shit that the company couldn't do. And then that yep. created all sorts of downstream issues. And like, everybody just hated this person because the, pe- they just, the people that have to do it are pissed. And yeah. then if they can't do it, they're the ones that are they're They're the, they're the deflector shield. Yeah. And so yeah, be, because, you know, because of the problems this one department creates, right? It, it downstreams affects all the other departments. And then actually, you know, the whole company is just frustrated by everything because it's just, yep. and, 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 and so the point is, right. It's, it's everybody's got to be like winning as a group, right? Like if one, if one part of the company is winning, but that forces the other part of the company to lose, it's not usually very good. <laughs> so we're, we're in the midst of this, this, uh, you know, every, you, you go back to, the only reading I do is actually the Wall Street Journal. So I'm not I'm not like a huge WSJ fan. I just where I get a lot of my business news, but they keep talking about the great resignation. Yes. And um, you know, that 20% of employees want to are gonna quit. And a lot of that has to do with things like being forced to return to the office or do different things. Um, the reality is, is that shouldn't surprise you because I'm curious what the number of people that would have resigned was going to be anyway. Because if you talk to most, in most polls that I see, and I, this is not, I'm not going to try to be scientific here because I don't have data in front of me, but most people don't like their job. That's the bottom line. And so what's the why about that? I mean, I think on some levels you can't prevent it. Uh, but on, uh, but really in the end, if you get down to like the why, most of the time, it's because they feel like they're, they 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 have the inability to be heard. Yeah, like no one's yep, listening sure. to them, their problems or their input, or you know, and they, and so I think when it starts, when you talk about from a leadership side of things, and you talk about creating a winning culture, you need a leader that that has the ability to go around and and listen to the different departments, different people, and ask and say, uh, you know, and, and this is that simple. If you hear a problem, okay, what's a what's a way to fix it? And uh, you know, when we and it's been forever since we've been to the full scale office in the Philippines. But I used to go around and and it was I thought it was so crazy that I would I would go around and talk to all of our employees, all of our teams, all of our groups, just like they I they were people I work with. They don't work for me; they're working for clients. And the feedback that I would get is people would be like, "I can't believe Matt would come and sit down and talk to us for that long." And I'm and my reaction to that was, "Where the hell did these people work before full scale?" Because that seems very like I enjoy that. I want to hear that's how you keep your finger on the pulse of your business. You talk to the people that 
the, in our case, that our service providers and also taking time to talk to the people that they're providing services for and just do some listening and asking well, I think, and, and not, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think communication is a big key, right? To your point, like people want to be heard. Um, people want to know if the company is winning. People want to know how the company is doing. People care about job stability, right? Like they, they want to know. True. Um, and, and all of that stuff, um, adds up and I, you know, I guess you could argue some of that, is that part of the culture not part of the culture? But it, it, at the end of the day, people want to know if the company is doing, is doing well, um, that they can make a difference. I mean, I, I talk to my dad every couple of weeks and he always complains about work and it's the same thing. Like, Oh, they do this dumb stuff. They don't listen to me. Da, da, da. You know, it's always, and it's usually that same sort of theme, right? Of like, they're not listening to him. They don't focus on the right things, you know, and people, people get frustrated with that. And eventually some people are like, you know what, I'm just going to do something that is more fun. But I think the other, you talk about the great resignation right now. I think a big part of that too, is there's so many job openings that people are just moving from one place to another because they can simply make more money because there are so yeah. many job openings. It's like an auction, right? Of like, who wants to pay the most amount of money? I'm just going to keep moving seats until I get to the highest place. Yeah. And, you know, I, yeah, I have another solution uh, for creating a winning culture. Give the people in the culture a vested interest in winning. Right. So, Matt, if your job is $36,000 a year flat and whether the company wins or loses or does well or doesn't, that's what you make. Should I expect you to like realistically expect you to care a whole lot past whatever it is you show up to do from nine to five each day? Not as much. I mean, some people are naturally just going to do a good job and then others will do the minimum Correct. possible, right? So, Correct. And you've even said this to me in the past. You're like, the word average exists for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, it does. But the thing is, is so there's a difference between it's easy to say, well, people should show up and care and they should work hard and they should want the company to win. Okay. There's that. And then there's reality. Yeah. Right. And that's that people care about their own shit their own interests, like they are at work to provide for their family, yep. for their reality, for what they do. So if they, I mean, and this doesn't have to be significant. Sometimes it's just literally like, I, I like celebrating little wins, you know, and it's sometimes it's as simple as that, you know, it can be as, you know, a, a gift card or, uh, you know, we, we, I, I wanted to take you last week, Matt, but I, we took everyone, you were at Disneyland. So you were having your I own was. party, but we took all, we took all the full scale people local, locally to see a rock show. We had, we had fun. I was at the edge you know? of the galaxy, um, checking out, yes, you, you know, star Wars and stuff. So did you bring home any Kyber crystals? No, but I, I have to say one of the best meals I've ever had was at the edge of the galaxy, like had an excellent lunch there. So interesting. You didn't eat that of, stuff. I'm not sure what uh, species of animal I was eating. Exactly I was going to say, uh, the universe, did you, but yeah, it was good. That could be interesting that it, it tastes like chicken. I bet it did. It just tastes like chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think we have some good points about, do you see my point with the, with the vested interest though? Like some of that yeah. is. Like, give me a reason to give a shit. Okay. If, if you know, most salespeople have never had a non-commissioned sales job. Why? Because why that's the whole purpose of a commission. Now, uh, this can be tricky 
this can be tricky because I've actually set people up on like performance-based stuff. And then after I did it, it was really, really obvious to me that it didn't, that it didn't matter. Meaning like it wasn't a driver for them. For some people but, it's not right. And some people it is, it's like yeah. everything it, it, it you know, you could do this in a lot of ways. Like it could be commission-based or performance-based. It could be an annual bonus. It could be profit sharing. It could be stock. It could be a lot of things. Extra PTO. Yeah. It can be a lot of different, yeah. a lot of different yeah. types of incentives. And, you know, it's one of the advantages in the United States of working for a big company like Facebook or Microsoft or Google or whatever is they, they dole out lots of stock. And so the, you get mm-hmm. employee, employees that work there because they want the stock to do well and vest and all that. And, and, and some yeah. startups do that too. They have mm-hmm. a pool of uh, what are often known as incentive shares. And those shares don't, uh, they honestly don't really mean much unless the company's sold. But well, if it and, is, and, it would and be. And that was one of my favorite things happened at Vin Solutions when we sold the company. We had several people that had it and a few of them became millionaires that day from that stock as employees. Really? So that was, yeah, that was pretty damn that. cool. Yeah, we had several employees and, well, that did well. And if you're old enough and you remember the tech boom starting, there were like things and pictures in like Newsweek and stuff where like the janitors at Microsoft oh, were yeah. driving Ferraris, you yeah. know, and just like, okay, but hey, I, I bet they were loyal and I bet they really cared about winning after that. So yes. uh, let me share something that we did at full scale. So Matt, one of the things you mentioned is people want to know how we're doing and they also want to, they want to feel secure. So when the pandemic hit really hard, last year, uh, we decided to stop supporting two types of, of technology, meaning like we just didn't feel that well, one of them was Salesforce. We just couldn't find enough people to do it. So we actually laid a couple of people off. It was like 2% of our total employees, but that sent a little bit of a shockwave through the employee base. So we rolled out what we called a loyalty incentive plan where we basically anyone that signed it, we said, yeah, we, people were worried they were going to get laid off, right? And laid off in what could have been a challenging hiring climate. Um, Our competitors were reducing salaries and forcing people to take PTO. What we did instead is said, hey, we're not doing any of that. We're actually going to guarantee you, you, you have a job. Like we literally gave them a waiver that said, you will not be laid off, guaranteed. And not only that, if you're still here a year from today, we're going to give you a couple percentage of your of your salary as a bonus. We call it a loyalty and incentive program. And it was a huge hit. It was a huge hit. It, I mean, it cost us some money, but we were happy because we wanted our, our folks to stay too. Our intent wasn't to, to downgrade or downsize things. Now, I think one of the things that if you, if you want to... <laughs> Okay, people equate their individual winning to their own salary and the money that they make. So I think money is is on on many days maybe the strongest influencer. It's not the only influencer. You can't just have a shitty culture socially at your company and pay people well. But I'll tell you what, man, there are a lot of people seem to have a lot higher tolerance for bullshit in general when they're getting paid more. Yeah, and, and some people want you know, recognition or their job title and, and things like that matter to them even more. But it, it, part of that comes back to knowing the personality of, of who you're dealing with. But at yeah. the end of the day, compensation always rules supreme. And that's going to be a more of a type A um, driver. Type B would prefer things to be uh, have less civil unrest. 
they want a, a, a lot more tranquility and yeah. con- and like they want conflict reduction. They want people to get along um, and often want structure. And I think that's the next thing we should talk about because, you know, sometimes your company grows fast. So look at full scale. We had hundred employees after a year. And I looked, I remember sitting in our conference room at the old Stackify office um, and looking over at you and going, dude, have you ever been involved in something that grew this fast? And you were like, no. And, but with that, all of a sudden you go from like, oh, wow, we got to a hundred employees to being like, oh, wow, we got a hundred employees. Like we got to figure some shit out here. And yep. um, we had to make some, we made a couple bold moves. Uh, we made a couple leadership changes early in the timeline of, of full scale um, because we weren't, we were, they were directly related to culture mm-hmm. and, you know, the way the environment. And I think we knew that we were burning in the circuitry of our future there. And so how do you wash out that programming? How do you get rid of a bad culture? Cause I think that that's more difficult than creating a winning one from the beginning. Well, sometimes you have to eliminate the people that are negative, right? Like th- that's one of the most toxic things is, is you never really hire. And that's what we that were doing. Yeah. Are, yeah. are really negative And they're the ones that just complain about every damn thing. And the only thing you can do is get rid of them. But the, I mean, fire starters, they are. And you know, some people just love to bitch, right? And it doesn't matter what you do. They're just going to find something else to bitch about. It's just their personality. We all know somebody like that, but you know, in the early days of Stackify, we, you know, people would complain about, Oh, we don't communicate enough about how the company is doing or this, that, whatever. And so we would change those things. Right. And that inevitably would change the culture. It's like, okay, every month we have, you know, meetings, whatever. And then of course people bitch because we have meetings. It's like, doesn't matter what you do. People bitch about it, but it's like, Hey, we're doing this for your own good <laughs> because we're trying to eliminate the other part of the people that are bitching. <laughs> it's like, but you, you just have to, ch- you know, try and change and fix those things. Like so my example earlier, it's like, you got this toxic salesperson that's a, a director, you know, manager in a company. And it's like, all you can do is try and change them and their behavior. And that'll have some downstream effects. Um, and that's all you can do is listen to people, listen to the problems that are going on and actually change them. Right. Instead of like you're like you're talking about earlier, like the company that's got a CEO that did sexual harassment or whatever. Right. Like if you just let that go on forever, like the issue really never goes away. Now, it's really difficult in those cases. We're like, well, what do we do about the CEO of the company or whatever? And um, There's been there was a lot of those me too cases that happened, like one of the top top people at Disney, like took a sabbatical for a year or whatever. And who knows whatever happened with that. But those things are always difficult to deal with if it's, you know, the owner or key executives. Yeah. And that stuff is, uh, um, it's a stain. Yeah. I mean, if it comes out, I mean, it's, it's a stain. It's, it's not ever something that's going to go away. Um, it's, uh, who is the, who, the Weinstein guy? You know, like I watched Harvey a couple Weinstein. documentaries. Of, yeah, I watched a couple documentaries about him, and like it seemed like it was it was pretty clear what a creep this guy was. But people were still lining up to work for him, and some of them interviewed they knew. And I'm like, fuck, like what do you do now? You know, it's like, and I think that that's tough. You know, it's like that's never going to go. Is that dude in jail now? If not, he's probably headed there. I don't remember. So, and, anyway. you know, I mentioned earlier, you, you get these companies that have like 
culture issues around political stuff and like what, like there's been some examples lately like, lately like, of the, like, like the my pillow guy talk, let's talk about yeah. my pillow yeah, yeah. Or, like, or like dude's like, like mr trump now and like yeah, he gets well, thrown out of amazon well and you even have companies like Basecamp that just announced like look we're gonna ban all conversation at work that has to do with politics and then that you know creates its own set of problems right like it, it's it's tough. I mean, imagine Netflix dealing with what happened with Dave Chappelle, right? Like you get this internal conflicts yeah. that go on of because of transgender, this, not whatever, and Chappelle and, and just how you have to deal with that stuff where you, it's impossible to make everybody happy, but those become delicate, delicate situations. And imagine, imagine like Microsoft, right? Where Microsoft does business with the government or does business with ICE, which is the immigration uh, department, right? And you got certain employees at the company that think ICE is wrong and, you know, because of their political views, And but they're a customer of Microsoft. So now all of a sudden you might have employees at Microsoft that are throwing a huge fit because who their customer base is. Like that, that's a difficult, difficult thing to deal with too. Yeah. And these are, these are huge companies we're talking about now. A lot of, I mean, those companies in order to get the size that they did, invariably had winning culture at some point. Um, I think some of the things you're talking about are, well, you're never going to please everyone. No, you know, I even put, I haven't published a video about that and start a puzzle chat a couple of weeks ago. Cause um, you know, it's like, dude, if you're going to have any, if you're going to have an opinion, if you're going to do anything, you can go hold up a sign. Someone's going to disagree with you, you know? Yeah. And um, I think as a leader, part of that is understanding when, where, and how, uh, to, to really take notice. And then sometimes you just got to let people vent it out and then understand that not everybody agrees with each other. And sometimes you just agree to disagree. And sometimes that's the best thing to do is be like, you know what? Okay. Like quit trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Um, so a couple of things when it comes to like, you know, I, I, I want to revisit, we we're talking about structure. I think structure and the lack of it is a big contributor to losing culture. Um, and that's like when you get a company and that's where I was kind of going with the growing fast thing. Cause if all of a sudden everything turns into a total shit show and everyone's like, what do I do? How do I do it? I don't have what I need to be successful. Who do I ask this? Who do I ask that? Like, why doesn't this person care? Like, I feel like a lot of the lack of winning culture and what undermines that is often the lack of some structure or plan or tools. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you see that a lot. Like, why, why do so many school teachers have, or why are they buying their own school supplies? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, that's not having what, I know it's not an entrepreneur thing, but it, at the same time, it's a great example of like not having what you need to do your job. That's got to be a shitty feeling. Well, and I, I think a lot of companies try to do one-on-ones with their employees on a regular basis, right? For some of these things to try and get their feedback and keep them aware of things going on in the company. Um, but all employees want some sense of mentoring and leadership and ongoing training and, and all these things. And one of the tools that I've used in the past, I think that helps with some of this stuff is are tools like 15.5, where people submit like weekly reports of just how they're doing, what they worked on, what they're going to work on next week and gives their managers um, or, or kind of whoever their manager is, is kind of overseeing them anyways, the ability to kind of just see how they're doing and give them honest feedback about like, hey, you did a good job this week. You got a lot accomplished or maybe you didn't. Maybe you're struggling. 
Um, but I, I think those those types of tools are great, and one on ones in general are important. Having that kind of structure for people to provide feedback and learn and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's that's back to the but that's focusing on winning. So, all right. So, how do you do that? Let's uh, you know kind of move towards a few ways to you know a few more. What are your company's values? You know, like, what do you do? What do you, what do we, why do we exist? And I, and, and when I'm talking at full scale, we talk about, and, and I guess we should probably mention that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by fullscale.io. At full scale, we talked about being client obsessed and client obsessed. Uh, like, why do we exist? We exist to wake up and help our clients win at what they're doing. Right. And and with that, that gives you a purpose-driven attitude. Like the, you know, like, hey, I exist to do this. It's not, you're not just a cog in a machine. Like you're really important for the success of these people. And they're relying on you the way you're relying on them. And that's an important thing. So do you well, establish think, why, why we even exist? Yeah. And I think that comes back to trying to create some passion around the problem we're trying to solve, right? Who our customers are. And if you're just a cog in the wheel, in the machine and you like work on an assembly line, you're like, I just do this thing all day. It may be harder to be kind of passionate about it, but unless you're like, look, we're like saving starving children and we're like, okay, yeah, I'm working on the assembly line because I'm helping save starving children. Right. Like then all of a sudden they're, they're more passionate about it. But for, for a lot of people, it can be hard for them to understand, like, what does the company do? It's like, hey, I'm writing code and I'm helping do this project. You know, I take some data out of the database and I do this thing with the data or whatever. But I don't really understand the grand scheme of things and what the company does and all of that kind of stuff. Like, if you're, if you're in, you know, just a small piece of it. And I think that's why it's important for the leadership team to also continually talk about why we're winning right? Like why our customers are winning, why our customers love our product, you know, all that kind of stuff to try and create that kind of, you know, passion about what the company does, the company mission. And it doesn't have to be all these altruistic things about like, oh, we donate money and this, whatever. It's just, but also about the products that we provide and why that is important to the people we provide it to, right? Because not everybody understands. Well, and that's where these things go astray. So you talk about like, what is my, what does the company believe in? What do we stand for? Um, my pillow is, I'm going to use this as an example. You're a pillow company. You shouldn't be, you should, you're, you shouldn't be political, right? You yeah. should stand for making my head and my neck not hurt when I wake up tomorrow. Not for supporting Trump. Yeah. Like, you know, just like that's that, that is a crossover that makes no sense. Now, if your business is that if you are a, a political consultancy that lobbies Republicans, then I can give you that excuse or Democrats or whatever. But I think too many. And that's where you talk about like the convoluted uh, crossover, like just I, please, people don't, I don't use your company as don't use your company as your soapbox. Well, for your own political whatever, or it was the smartest thing you ever did. We're talking about it right now. Maybe uh, I wonder how their sales are looking because they got thrown out of about every single place that gets sold. But maybe not. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's you the, might be right. Some yeah, I mean, yeah. Some, at some point in time, you make that tactical decision, right? Of like, okay, I'm going all in, <laughs> and uh, 
sometimes there's no such thing as bad press. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to know. I don't believe that, though. I mean, they say that's a yes or no. They say there's no such thing as bad pl- publicity. Eh, eh, not so sure about that. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I think that's one of the. I, I think that's a very commonly said thing that doesn't. I don't agree with that because just saying. Just I, saying. I, bet, you I can, bet Netflix you, is doing just fine over the David Chappelle controversy, and I bet so sure, will David that, Chappelle yeah. in the end. In the end result. They're getting lots of press about right. it. Right. Now, on some regards, though, you see people implode shit. Yeah, like, I'm absolutely. just saying, it's, it's not a blank. It's not a law. The gravity is yeah. a law. <laughs> Supply and demand's yeah. a law. You know, these kind of things. But, you know, not, but not all publicity is great. So you got to be ready to, uh, you got to be ready to, to get with that. All right. So the next, like, uh, talking, what's the division? This is your job as a founder and a leader. Don't, Where are we going? For the people, if you're waiting for the people at your company to define the vision of the company, then just shut it down because that is not the way it's supposed to work. Well, and, and this is another really frustrating thing for people. And I've, I've worked at a company recently that had this problem. It's like if the leadership team doesn't have the right vision for where the industry going is going and how we're going to get there and do we have the resources and stuff to go there and compete, then we just feel like we're getting our ass kicked by the rest of the industry, right? Like if we don't believe in our leader that is going to lead us into battle, then I don't want to fight this battle, right? Unless it's just a job yeah. and I, I get my paycheck and I just don't give a shit. And that's the only way you survive in those kinds of companies is people just don't care. They're not passionate anymore because they just don't think that they're going to win. It just becomes a job. At the same time, as an owner or leader of the company, you do have to accept the fact that no one's going to care about it as much as you do. No, they don't. Okay. But, and they're that, definitely, but they're that, definitely not going to care. Doesn't if mean they shouldn't them care. It doesn't mean they shouldn't care. Yeah, it doesn't mean if they shouldn't care. Now, you know, some of that's that, you know, like, I mean, that's some people would be like, I'll just, I mean, I'll just stay here. And if they do run it into the ground, I'll go do something else. No, it's not really... Great. So some of the things you can do is, you know, we talked about having this kind of culture of transparency or people want to know whether we're winning or losing. So you talk about focusing on results and building some accountability for them. Um, As a leader, you have to be ready to be able to say the following words. I failed and I'll do a better job next time. (laughs) You know, it's like, I mean, sometimes that's the case. Uh, You can't believe the lie until it comes true. And, you know, so I mean, culture is a means to support a business's strategic agenda. And, you know, so you got to set some targets for that. And that can be difficult too, though, because if you don't set realistic targets and all of a sudden you're like 80% down the timeline and you're 20% on the way to the goal, you're like, huh. So if you're going to set the targets, do it with, I mean, you got to have some like, and there has to be some reality around it. Well, and that's been a lot of the frustration I've had recently, right? Is you work in a company where they have certain goals, but you just don't hit any of them. Yeah, it happens. It becomes happens, very frustrating. But, but that doesn't make you feel like you're winning. No one looks at no. It's like, imagine the, the fundraiser thermometer at the elementary school. And if everything's still down in a little yeah. ball at the bottom, you're like, this isn't really going well. I mean, speaking of the, that, the, I need to, head, buy, I need to sell you some cookies. 
I need to sell you some cookies, actually. <laughs> yeah, my wife was just at a meeting the other night about that. And I, I asked, I said, how much does the Girl Scouts get for each box? And I heard a dollar. And I said, how much is a box of cookies? Five dollars. I said, so it's better for my health and <laughs> everything for me to just give a hundred dollars to the Girl, Girl Scout yeah. troop. Because I don't want that many. I don't want 20. I don't want 100. I don't want any boxes of cookies. I'm fat enough. Um so you right. have thin mints? So, Is that what you're telling me? I get whatever you want, man. We got we have we have we have it all. I might have to come my over wife there. Si- my wife signed up to be the basically to be the distributor for all 19 girls in the troop. So all oh, those shit. cookies are coming here. We got to break it down. Let yeah. me know when the eagle has landed. I will let you know if we have a winning culture around that or not. That is uh, <laughs> that is tough to say. So, you know, some other things too, Matt, you talk about like some of this and being heard, um, you know, the, it's important to have a support structure. Uh, do people in the company know where to go for help with certain things or how and where they can be heard at full scale? We have a management platform that we built and it has a truly anonymous feedback form in it that lets any employee with anonymity ask a question, give an opinion, alert us to something that's going on or anything like that. And, you know, that's, that's an, one example of a support structure. And some of it's also just like, just, I don't know, man, just like, who can I call if I need help? And if you make it difficult for people to ask for help, then they won't ask. And if you make it difficult for people to help, then they won't give as much help. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, people just want to get their problems solved and get them solved quickly without a lot of hassle. You know, if it's an HR issue yeah. or benefits or issues with a team member, whatever it is, right? Like just seeing that the issues get resolved. And to be honest with you, the worst thing in the world is to work at a company where you work with a bunch of people who are idiots and nobody will fire them. And then it just kind of demotivates everybody else that works with that person. And um, we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that recently. And yeah, we've talked about that in some recent episodes. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, a lot of catchphrases and stuff like that. But one of them is that nothing will irritate your great employees more than watching you tolerate the terrible ones. Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of it, man. Like, I, I think that entrepreneurship is a contact sport. And, you know, like, I I do believe in, you know, the extreme ownership, like there aren't bad teams, there's only bad leaders, but at some point, you know, if you can't, if, if you get people that just truly don't want to get better or, or on many levels refuse to get better through however it is that they're refusing, it's sometimes you just gotta, you gotta flush it. Yep. You gotta flush Flush the the turds, turds. (laughs) flush the turds. We were in a marketing meeting the other day and they, they, uh, I got congratulated for making it through a startup hustle TV video, talking about that and not actually using turds as the word. So I'm going to overuse it here. So, all right, Matt. So once again, today's episode of startup hustle is brought to you by full scale, go to fullscale.io. We can help you win. we can help you win. just go there, fill out, go to the get started page, fill out the form, tell us what you need help with. And we'll see if we can. We'll be transparent and tell you if we don't think we can help you win. Uh, so Matt, here we are at the episode, you know, we, we've recently talked about all kinds of stuff, talking about when to fire clients or users, which by the way, can help to your winning culture. 
if you have some really shitty clients that you don't make money on or whatever, and they're just driving your people crazy, like that can actually help your winning culture. Talked about not getting stuck in the middle. What are sales channels, stuff like that. Here we are talking about creating a winning culture. What's, what are your takeaways? You know, you've probably heard me say this before, but as the founder of a company, I always kind of felt like my job was to be the cheerleader. And yeah. I think that goes in part of creating a winning culture, right? You're going around telling everybody like the company's doing well. We signed up this account. This company, this account really loves our product. Thank you guys for building it. You know, letting the team know that they're individually doing a good job and how they can improve. And I, I think that, you know, simple kind of positive message is one of the most important things. What really creates a lot of toxic culture is the negativity, right? And the, the thing you really got to do is when the negativity comes around is figure out how to squash it as fast as possible. Um, if that's a, an issue with a particular person or, you know, sometimes things go bad in a company. It's like, hey, we had a bad month. Let's figure out how do we, how do we rebound, right? That's all we can do. Um, but just, you know, focusing on the positive and creating a positive environment, I think is the most important thing. I think letting people, well, you got to, people have to know that they're important. I think that's a big thing. Some of the things that make people not like their job is I mentioned, we mentioned earlier and talked about, um, you know, am I heard? Um, do you feel important? You know, do you feel like the company cares about you? Um, that's really important to me at full scale. And that's one of the, you know, recently we've dialed up our recruiting efforts because we've got so much incoming business. And with that, I've got, I get a lot of feedback because we ask people what prompted you to apply and I hear a lot of stuff. There's a lot of comments. Uh, great, great. Uh, I know people that work at full scale and they love it and they feel like the company cares about them. And, you know, some of that is just was the way we handled the pandemic and different things. And we mentioned earlier that certain things create the stain of bad PR. Yeah. There's also the flip side of that. And there's the, there's the, the, the rosy odor of, you know, doing things well. And, and uh, it's just don't overlook the fact that people in general feel underappreciated. It's the same reason that, that people have problems in human relationships, meaning, you know, partnerships, husband and wife, husband and husband, wife and wife, whatever, that kind of stuff is, is often like, I'm not being heard. They don't hear what I have to say, or I don't feel important, or you don't care about what my opinion is. These are the same, these same things translate over to your company culture. Um, I think also just some open communication. Like one of the things that we do at full scale, and it's not every month, but we're trying to get there, but I issue a video update and I just kind of sit in front of the camera and a mic and I tell people about what's going on. And we do, try to do one at least every quarter that's pretty extensive. And sometimes it's just simple stuff. It's like saying, hey, we're doing great right now. Thank you. It's you guys that are doing it. You do the work. You show up every day and thank you. We recognize that. We care about that. And you got to keep that. You have to, you, you don't just get to be positive and tell everyone great stuff and then come back and do it again a year later. You know, you got to be aware of the fact that, you know, these things have a time, they have an expiration date on it. And, you know, people, you can't, I don't think that now on the flip side of that, there is a big difference between being optimistic and realistic. Uh, two of my three books have the word realist in the title because there's reality and then there's not. 
And so the things that motivate people and paying attention to that is important. We have like no employee churn. It's like, it's like nominal and it's many months just non-existent, but we pay people well and we, and we listen to our employees. They really, really like they, I, we told them before the pandemic, all of a sudden they had, they had been all wanted to work from home. We were scared to death to do that. And then when we got forced to do it, we delivered the message, show us you can be as productive or more productive. And it makes it a very easy decision for us. And that made it a very easy decision for us when we said, all right, we're staying remote. And then that became a huge, like a huge, huge asset for us when it comes to recruitment now, because we got all kinds of people applying because their companies are trying to make force people back into the office. Mm-hmm. So know what, know what cards are out there. Matt, do you have any fours or do I need to go fish? <laughs> go fish. But that's the thing though. Like if you have four fours in your hand, you shouldn't be asking for a four when we're playing go fish is my point. Like know what's out there. Know what you got to just keep your finger on the pulse of it. I mean, it's just really that simple. So. Yeah. One other thing I, I want to mention that I, I did mention earlier is one of the main reasons that people quit their job isn't because they don't like their job or they don't like the company, they usually quit because of their manager. And, yeah. and, and, and that's the thing you always have to remember. And, you know, as, as the company gets bigger, you're not the manager for everybody, right? So it's, it's creating the right culture amongst all the middle management as well and how they mentor people, how they lead people, all that kind of stuff. And, yep. and trying to permeate that through the organization becomes difficult. And maybe the last thing we should probably mention that we didn't is like, have some fun with it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you joke about, you know, having a pool table or ping pong table isn't the winning thing, but you know, finding ways, finding ways to have, um, people build meaningful relationships with their coworkers is important. You know, if it's going out and having drinks once in a while or doing this or whatever, now that's a lot harder these days with working remote and COVID and all that. But you know, it can't at Stackify, we had a lot of local employees that would get together on, on their own. Like we didn't even really sanction those events. And they, you know, became friends. And then next thing you know, people don't want to quit because, hey, they work with their best friend. I've been working with my buddy for a while and whatever. And yeah, yeah. and that's good. That's a good thing. You want Yeah, that. that's good culture. All right. Speaking of winning culture, I got to get back to winning, Matt. I'll catch up with you next week. You mean eating cookies? No. I'm going to go run or something to get the cookies off me. All right. See ya. <laughs> I'm out. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.